President Biden has now gone 100 days without sitting down for a media interview. That's coming up. Plus the John Durham trial. We've got multiple bombshells. Hillary's own campaign staffers have thrown her under the bus. Hillary's campaign manager in the trial on the witness stand threw her under the bus, testified that Hillary invented the narrative about Trump-Russia collusion, sent it to the FBI, sent it to the media. So now Spygate literally originated with Hillary Clinton, which, by the way, some of us have known that for quite a long time, but it seems to be a bombshell to a lot of the mainstream media who have been ignoring it. Well, we are going to go in depth with the John Durham trial, but we'll first get to the other news of the day. NBC News did an analysis. NBC News is reporting that Hunter Biden, get this, took $11 million from both China and Ukraine, totaling $11 million between the years 2013 and 2018. So that's a six-year period, if you count 2013 through 2018, where Hunter Biden, this is NBC News, the leftist, biased, anti-Trump, pro-Biden, NBC News, Hunter Biden took $11 million from China and Ukraine. Think And what is their source of this information? Get ready. The Hunter Biden laptop. Remember the laptop that Joe Biden and a bunch of Intel officials told us was a Russian plant. It was a fake Russian piece of disinformation. Well, now NBC News is reporting the Hunter Biden laptop as actual news, as we told you it was. Meanwhile, think of the years. Listen to the years 2013 to 2018. Most of those years, Joe Biden was the VP. So this is a major piece of news here where NBC News did an analysis of the Hunter laptop, the Hunter hard drive, 2013, 2014, 2015, 2016, Joe Biden is the VP. His son Hunter is getting bought off millions of dollars, getting bribed from Ukraine and Russia. But we know that he was an expert. China's giving him money for investment purposes. Ukraine, Burisma, has Hunter Biden as a member of their board because he knows so much about energy. The only thing he knows about is, is, is snorting cocaine. And they're giving him millions of dollars. And Joe Biden is the VP. And we know, of course, from that same laptop about the money for the big guy, right? We're going to save a certain amount, 10% or whatever, for the big guy. So Joe Biden himself, while he's vice president, talk about massive conflict of interest. Now, uh, what's amazing is that President Trump, back during the 2020 election in the debates, President Trump actually accused Hunter Biden of taking millions of dollars from China. And you know what? They actually... They, they, they gave him four Pinocchios. The fact checkers debunked it. Trump knew all this. He said this. Anybody who was paying close attention was aware of this. But Trump, of course, the Rudy Giuliani, they actually had obtained that laptop. So Trump is actually, during the campaign, he's saying, why are you people? Why is the media covering up this massive scandal? Hunter Biden taking millions of dollars from China, from Ukraine, from Russia, by the way passing it along to his father, Joe. Nobody's talking about it. Not only did they not report it, but they actually gave Trump four Pinocchios, the Washington Post fact checker, what's his name, Glenn Kessler, and actually accused Trump of lying during the election. Let me read you, and this is now NBC is reporting it. Where's the apology? Where's the retraction? Let me read you Trump on September 24, 2020. Here's, here's a quote that he got four Pinocchios for, quote, uh, ask how his son made millions of dollars from Ukraine, millions of dollars from China, even though he had no expertise whatsoever. That was Trump 
talking to the reporters or the moderator, telling them to ask about Biden, his son getting these millions of dollars. He got four Pinocchios. Then Trump said, September 23rd, uh, talking to reporters at the U.N., quote, the son took money from China, a lot of money from China. And the Washington Post egregiously gave him four Pinocchios. And now, well, does NBC News also get four Pinocchios? Does the laptop get four Pinocchios? And do you know that uh, a week It's been a week since the Pennsylvania primaries, and they are still counting the ballots. The Senate race, which is very, very close, the Republican Senate primary, Dr. Oz versus McCormick. How embarrassing is it that here we are a week later, and they're still counting, they're hand-counting these mail-in ballots. This is the United States of America. I I feel like we're living in Pakistan. It's like we're living in a third-world country. I mean, there's a shortage of baby formula. There are literally babies who have to go to the hospital due to malnourishment. No exaggeration. That doesn't happen in the United States. Never, I've never seen anything remotely like it in the United States of America. It happens in Indonesia. It happens in Kenya. It does not happen. It happens in Bangladesh. And here we are after a week, and they're still busy sitting there counting ballots, one ballot, two ballots, three ballots. And you trust this process, this this arcane, this antiquated embarrassment of a process, and this is supposed to be like a good thing? I mean, that they literally, the United States in the year 2022 can't figure out a way to hold an election and get the results after just three days or four days? It's literally taking a week, and now they haven't even begun the recount. It looks like there's almost certainly going to be a recount. And uh, by the way, getting back to Hunter Biden for a moment, do you know, I mean, can we not forget here that this man is an artist, that this man is getting, he's gotten paid millions of dollars for his artwork. Now tell me, Hunter Biden, the artist, right? He's a, he's a barisma energy expert. He knows so much about investing and about drugs, cocaine. But, I mean, he literally gets paid millions. He's selling artwork, half a million dollars for a painting. He's selling dozens of them. He's made millions of dollars. Uh, gee whiz, let, and let's do the math here. His father's the president. Somebody's paying a man who ha- has zero uh, skills or, or talents at painting at art uh they're paying him millions of dollars for his artwork let's figure that one out and yet no investigation never ever reported in the mainstream media all right we told you about the 40 billion dollars that's going to ukraine that bill has been passed joe biden signed the bill but here's the thing this bill this 40 billion dollar piece of legislation uh which is being sent to ukraine that money and we're not going to get rehash all of that right now Uh, you know we spent a lot of time but Do you know Joe Biden was in South Korea? He visited Asia. He was in South Korea when they when the Senate passed this bill. Rand Paul did everything he could to hold it up. But bottom line, they had a majority. The vast majority of Republicans, by the way, voted in favor. I believe 11 Republican senators voted against this bill to send 40 billion to Ukraine. So this is a bipartisan bill. Remember that. Remember all the Republicans who decided the United States doesn't have baby formula. We're approaching $10 a gallon for gas in some places. Let's send $40 billion to Ukraine. But here's the thing is they flew the bill. They literally flew it to Biden in South Korea so that he could sign it right away. How absurd is it? How ludicrous is it? They're flying the bill to South Korea. Now, it's not clear to me. I think the White House is saying they didn't make a special. There was no special plane trip made. Somebody was going there anyway, which I find hard to believe because Biden and his entourage already went there. So why are they like flying one random person from the White House to South Korea? I, I don't know. Look, anything's possible. But I, I'm concerned and suspect 
that they actually stuck this bill on Air Force One and said, hey, let's just fly fly it to Biden on Air Force One. Imagine how how bad that was for the environment to make an entire flight just for one little bill if, if that's in fact what happened. I, I'm not saying it certainly happened. I'm just skeptical. But here's the thing. Biden can sign it remotely, okay? He can sign the bill. It's absurd. First, he could wait a couple of days. But no, we're in a big rush. Rand Paul held it up. Everyone got angry at Rand Paul. I mean, months and months. They couldn't. I mean, Ukraine's been invaded months ago. So they, if they were in that much of a rush, what were they waiting for? But we won't go there. Anyway, just let him sign it remotely. You can sign. It's been done before. You don't need to sign the bill in person. They, they, they can sign it remotely. Obama did it. The Bush administration decided that that could be done. And I mean, talk about messed up priorities like... I mean, literally, imagine if Trump, you know, first of all, if you're going to fly something, why not fly baby formula? They just flew a big ship in a baby formula, European baby formula. The military flew it to the United States. But here's the thing. There's still a major shortage that will be for many, many weeks. So if you're going to fly, instead of flying a bill for $40 billion for Ukraine, why don't you load up Air Force One with with, a, with with boxes of baby formula. I'm serious right now. They, they're doing it, but they're not doing nearly enough. If you're going to be flying something, forget the money for Ukraine. Fly baby formula when there are babies who literally are being hospitalized. Talk about a, a twisted se- sense of priority. Do you know that New York City declared a state of emergency over the baby formula, which doesn't do anything? It's not like they're going to magically make, make more baby formula because of the state of emergency. Just Eric Adams wants to be able to prevent people, prevent these companies from price from price gouging, but it's like incredible how the you know the um, the government just totally gets a pass here. Even CNN, see, there's a clip somewhere where CNN they were grilling uh, one of Biden's you know top economic advisors, saying, "How is it possible in the United States of America we ha- we we have a baby formula shortage? Nobody's ever seen or heard of anything like this." But by the way, in 2005, under George W. Bush, the DOJ issued an opinion saying the president does not need to personally perform the physical act of signing a bill he can actually um tell he can actually uh, direct a subordinate to sign it in his place they have like a stamp or like some kind of auto signature where they can literally the president can instruct a subordinate here you sign the bill for me and obama did it obama in 2011 he was abroad and they needed to sign they needed to extend the patriot act so obama actually did it remotely. So, I mean, flying the bill to South Korea, I don't know what they're, what message they're trying to send, but whatever it is, it looks terrible. Um, all right, a judge, good news as far as the border, a judge has extended time. Oh, by the way, I just want to mention, I told you Eric Adams issued, declared a state of emergency, okay? In New York City, there is there are rampant shootings, there are rampant murders, crime is out of control, shoplifting out of, is out of control, Homelessness is out of control. There's an epidemic of homelessness. Real estate prices, rent prices right now are unaffordable in New York City. People are leaving the city in droves. A lot of a lot of companies are still empty because of COVID. People are not going back to work. New York City's in major trouble, and he's declaring a state of emergency over baby formula. I mean, once you're going to declare a state of emergency in New York City, there is no shortage of states of emergency. And look, I get it. I understand 
that the baby formula situation we've been talking about it. So obviously it's a very big deal. But I mean, it is just a little bit. It's almost comical, you know, that like if you somebody would look at New York City right now, look at the gangs and look at the shootings and just the the, the rampant crime. Crime is so way up, even from the the, the de Blasio era, which is hard to do. We're declaring a state of emergency. We need more. You know, we don't want people to, to to charge too much for baby formula. All right. So a judge has extended Title 42. This is big news because we told you Biden was eliminating Title 42, and that was supposed to end today, Monday, May 23rd. Well, a judge, of course, a Trump appointee, has now ruled that Biden is not allowed to end Title 42, and Title 42 keeps going, which means we told you about Title 42. It allows them to turn away illegals at the border. Title 42 is the special rule. It was enacted because of COVID, where they wanted to be able to prevent illegals from crossing the border and spreading COVID. So they've been using, but look, it's needed. Use whatever loophole you need. The whole, these illegals, they should never be allowed into the United States in the first place. What I always say is they don't deserve asylum. Almost all of them, they, 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 they are not being persecuted. They just, it's just a script. They're coached. They know what to say. They come across the border and they say, I am seeking asylum. I'm being persecuted. They read from some sort of script that they're given by these, you know, immigration lawyers and these, you know, Democrat groups and uh, pro-illegal immigration groups, George Soros-funded groups, whatever. So the whole thing is just a sham. So then you use whatever technicality, you know, because they shouldn't be allowed into the country in the first place because they're not legit asylum seekers. Then they never end up showing back up, as we've told you many times, for their asylum hearing. But too late, they're already released into the country. So we, we, we lose track of them. So if you can use Title 42 and COVID as an excuse, you use it as an excuse. But either way, the judge issued this injunction, and the judge essentially said that this plan to end Title 42 is going to be a disaster because it's going to cause a massive burden on the states, as it is already because of Biden's pathetic border policies where he reversed all of Trump's border policies. He has an open border where anybody's allowed in. That's created a a major, major crisis. As we know, millions and millions of illegals have crossed the border under Biden, and they've just uh, assimilated, blended into the United States. And they bring along drugs, disease, gangs, you know, criminals, or just, or just all sorts of horrible things. So meanwhile, now, under, if you end Title 42, that's going to increase. There's going to be an additional tens of thousands of illegals basically invading literally every single day. So it's going to cause a massive strain on Texas, New Mexico, California, etc. So the judge said that, um, therefore, it's it's illegal for Biden to just end Title 42 without having some kind of game plan to alleviate the strain from the states. So uh, now the question is, what happens from here? Obviously, the Biden administration is going to appeal, and it may eventually um, make it to the Supreme Court. Now, What's interesting is there are even some Democrats who were not happy about the ending of Title 42. The lawsuit was brought by the Republican states, but there are some Democrats who say COVID isn't over yet. So Biden has no right to end Title 42 because the whole point of Title 42 is uh, to protect the country from COVID being brought from Mexico. And by the way, uh, monkeypox, I'm not going to get into monkeypox right now. It could be that's something that a a lot of people are discussing that you've probably heard of where there are cases popping up. I believe the majority of them are in Europe, but there now are several cases of monkeypox. Monkeypox is a, a virus virus with a very, very um, ugly and uh, unattractive rash that comes along with it. And it also comes along, I believe, with flu-like symptoms. 
as usual, disclaimer, anything I say, you know, related to medicine or health, do not listen to me. Don't listen to any sort of health advice from me or don't take anything that I say. You know, I'm telling you for informational purposes. Obviously, it's based on research. Obviously, like everything else I do, you know, I, you know, I try to gather as much information and data as possible and I try to base it on valid, legitimate, genuine, authentic sources. But I'm not a doctor. So I'm just making the point that, you know, there, it, there does seem to be a little bit of a craze right now, a little bit of a panic right now over monkeypox. And is this going to become, you know, the next thing that we have to worry about, obviously, uh, in light of the COVID pandemic? Because throughout the years, you know, throughout the decades, there have been diseases, you know, of course, uh, you know, in, in, in China, you, you had you had more than one where, you know, the, whether, whether it was MRSA or whatever, the, you know, different uh whether it was viruses or infections or or or, or, or breathing diseases that uh, of course we remember the swine flu and you know, the, the things like that where the media kind of went into an uproar and you know and the media decided that uh, something was going to be the next big pandemic and everybody was like oh they don't really you don't really have pandemics anymore we don't have to worry about that and then of course COVID came along and suddenly we had our first real pandemic you know that actually came to fruition where it actually happened. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't just kind of a, a media overreaction. And now there's this mass hysteria. So now it's like when something else pops up, especially you see some of the pictures of this monkey pox and they're horrific. Now, again, from my research, and this is just based on my research. So just please do not use this, take it with a grain of salt, ignore it. But from my research, it, it does not seem like there's a high fatality rate at all with this monkey pox. Also, it appears that it's really not very transmissible. It's not easy to transmit. It's not like COVID where it transmits through the air. It seems that monkeypox uh, has to be either some kind of exchange of bodily fluid or it has to be done through contact. There's no there's no aerial transmission. So right there, I heard a doctor, and again, take this with a grain of salt, do your own research, but I heard a doctor on Fox News say that monkeypox cannot physically become a pandemic because it cannot be transmitted through the air. It can, once it can only be transmitted through contact, well, then just avoid contact with anybody, and uh, then it's not really possible to get it, right? That would be the idea. But you, you, you see mass hysteria. Look, people don't understand how to interpret data. So, you know, just as an example, you know, you'll sometimes see somebody, even, even nowadays, certainly when COVID was at the height of the pandemic, but even now, you'll see somebody in their car driving with a mask on, and nobody else is in the car. I'm sure you've seen this. We've all seen this. Where you see somebody outside jogging with a mask on, and there's nobody around them for 500 feet, and they're outdoors. So that makes no logical sense. People have gotten irrational. Now, again, does that mean that there's no basis? Does that mean that you never need to worry? That's not what I'm trying to say. People have difficulty. Not everybody, but there are some people out there that once the, it, it, the fear grips them and takes over, and, and, and they become literally controlled by the fear, and they lose all sense of logic or reason, and, and, and they become completely irrational. All right, getting back to the news of the day. The, the, there are a bunch of illegals right now who are waiting. They're waiting for Title 42, and I'm sure many of them are very disappointed. They're waiting for Title 42 um, to, 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 to end because they just want to come across the border, but they're going to be turned away as a result of Title 42. So we're going to keep an eye on that. But even before that, even with Title 42 still in effect, between April 1st and May 15th, over 500,000 illegals crossed the southern border from Mexico into the United States in, in just a month and a half. By the way, Biden is breaking every possible record. The man breaks records, right? For example, he has like the lowest 
approval ratings of any president at this point in history, something along those lines. In some polls, he has record low approval ratings. So they're not positive records, but Biden is a record breaker. When it comes, he literally has had more illegals cross the border under his watch than any time since they started keeping those records. So here you have half a million in, in a month and a half. That is off the charts. That's insane. Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida, he said Joe Biden should get an honorary membership into the drug cartel. This is Ron DeSantis, and he's 100% right. He says Biden, as a result of his open border policies, he should be granted honorary membership of the Mexican drug cartels. You cannot make this stuff up. It really is very sad. As I said, Joe Biden has gone 100 days without a one-on-one sit-down interview with a reporter, or or not just one-on-one, one-on-two, one-on-anything. He has not sat down with reporters in over 100 days. And we all know why, you know, the media will analyze, well, why are they keeping him from reporters? Why are they trying to shield him, to protect him? I mean, there's only one reason. I mean, it's because the man, he cannot string together multiple coherent sentences. It's really, it's sad to watch. And it's like, what's amazing is, They don't even ask him tough questions. We're not talking about him sitting down with Fox News. We're talking about him sitting down with these very friendly reporters who, like, ask him, well, sir, what did you eat for breakfast? Well, sir, what did you think when you heard that, you know, President Xi was going to whatever? Like, what what were your thoughts about that? Tell us, you know, once in a while you'll get one reporter trying to make a name for themselves who will actually throw him a curveball, you know, actually ask him something a little bit tricky. But for the most part, these are the most inane, like, basic lobbing softball questions you can imagine. And, and, and it's not like Trump. You know, with, with Trump, number one, Trump would actually call on the reporters who were tough. He'd call on Jim Acosta. He wanted, Trump wanted to fight. He wanted to be challenged. That was the beauty is it wasn't like he dodged the questions. It was like you could literally have the reporter who was going to ask the gotcha question and Trump, he almost relished it. And he'd call specifically on those reporters. Then he'd get into a shouting match with them, which was a lot of fun. But Trump, he always knew how to respond. And his responses, you know, they were always very sharp, very on, very on target. And he would answer the question and he would he, he would explain it. And, the, you know, he would basically show the reporter why they were wrong. So with Biden, it, it's like they literally would ask him the, most, the, the easiest question in the world. They have it all planned out. So the few occasions where he does answer a question, he has a, he has a list. It, like he knows which reporter to call on, and they already planned out what the topic would be. And they actually wrote him a cheat sheet. By, you know, Trump, everything was from memory. Trump never, ever looked at his notes. Trump never had notes. And with Biden, it's like he literally cannot answer a question. I mean, literally ask him what he had for breakfast, and he's either looking at a teleprompter or looking down at the cheat sheet. But look at the numbers here. Biden's last interview was on February 10th when NBC interviewed him ahead of the Super Bowl. February 10th. And meanwhile, Biden, he's been interviewed just 23 times total. Biden, since he became president, has been interviewed 23 times total in terms of a sit-down interview with a reporter. Trump, at this point, had been interviewed 95 times. Biden, 23. Obama, at this point, had been interviewed by the media 187 times compared to Biden, 23. All right, so let's jump into the John Durham trial. The biggest takeaway, it is unbelievable, some of the things that are coming out. And I'm surprised there are a lot of even conservatives out there who don't seem to be aware. Some, A lot of what's coming out of the John Durham trial, we told you about two or three or four years ago in terms of how Hillary really paid for 
and manufactured the bogus Steele dossier, the bogus narrative about Trump-Russia collusion, and then the FBI under Obama ran with it and actually spied on Trump, spied on candidate Trump, spied on President Trump, and the pretext was the bogus, phony, fake Russia collusion hoax. And then they impeached Trump based on that. And it all came from the Hillary campaign. We've known this already, but it's like until it actually, there's a trial, and the trial is Hillary Clinton's campaign's own lawyer, now suddenly a lot of people are waking up and paying attention who were not paying attention until now. So it's fascinating. The biggest takeaway is, and look, do I believe Hillary's going to be led away in handcuffs? No, I don't. I'm getting a little nervous because I see a lot of these Republicans, a lot of these MAGA people, these Trump supporters, they're like, oh, here it comes. John Durham, he's getting ready to pounce. We're going to hear the big names soon. We're going to hear indictments. Comey, Hillary, uh, you know, Obama, Strzok, Page, McCabe, and, and, and Susan Rice. And people, people, look, I'll be the hap- I'll be as thrilled as they come. You know this, but like... Don't hold your breath. I mean, it's probably not going to happen. And, uh, you know, I really would strongly advise you to be what I call cautiously pessimistic, not cautiously optimistic, cautiously pessimistic. But here here is the biggest takeaway is that Hillary's staffers are ready to throw her under the bus. You know, I was a little surprised. I thought they'd protect her. A lot of times they try to protect Hillary at all costs, even if it means that they themselves have to take the fall. But no, that has not happened here. You had literally Hillary's campaign manager, Robbie Mook, under oath. He threw Hillary right under the bus. I mean, he didn't hesitate. He didn't flinch. And he said, oh, yeah, she's the one who directed us tell the media. She knew. Yeah, she knew about this uh, this uh, claim, this now debunked false claim about Trump with no basis, of course, because it was false uh, uh, about Trump colluding secretly with Russia. And Hillary said disseminated to the media. So what that shows us is these Democrat Party operatives, they are not willing to lie under oath in order to protect Hillary Clinton, which may be devastating. Here's the second big takeaway, which is what we've known, which is that Hillary invented the Russia collusion narrative. They used it to spy on Trump. It tore the country apart. They impeached Trump. Again, Trump's impeachment was over obstruction and uh, over overreach or whatever nonsense they came up with. But it had to do with the fact that Trump was considering firing Bob Mueller, which, by the way, he had every right to do. But we're not going to go there right now. So um, the whole thing was invented by the Mueller investigation, the whole impeachment. And that Mueller investigation came from the Russia collusion hoax. The Steele dossier. So it all came from Hillary. It all came from Hillary. This is the biggest political scandal in American history, this makes Watergate look like a joke. I mean, it makes it makes Watergate look like shoplifting. And like I said, we've known a, a lot a lot of this for many many years. But somehow the media, some of the media, is still ignoring this. By the way, but even those who are covering it, they're like waking up as though this is like the first time this has ever been discovered. Now, here are the facts that have surfaced. You know, by the way. Paul Manafort trial, the Papadopoulos trial, Roger Stone, anybody who ever was associated with Trump, anybody who like ever basically met Trump or went out to dinner with Trump, if they were if they were on trial, the media covered it front page news. That was like the biggest story in the country. But like and nobody ever heard of a guy like Papadopoulos, you know, or even Paul Manafort, really. But like this story here, Hillary's own lawyer um, under oath for lying to federal investigators claiming, no, I'm not working for anybody. And he was really working for Hillary, feeding them dirt, which they then used to spy on the Trump campaign. I mean, the Paul Manafort story was about like how Paul Manafort like worked in Ukraine years before he ever met Trump. 
and never bothered to, to 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 report it. Never bothered. He was like tax evasion, and like how like he never bothered to you know to report that uh, he was like a, working as a foreign agent or whatever. Nothing to do. Nothing to do with anything. All right. So here's what surfaced in this trial. Michael Sussman was hired by Hillary to dig up dirt on Trump. Here's a fact. He paid for the bogus Steele dossier using Hillary's campaign money. Here's a fact. Hillary instructed them, the lawyers, to deliver the Steele dossier to the FBI to be used to investigate Trump. And here's a fact. Hillary instructed the law firm to leak this, this these lies about Trump to the media. Those are all facts, okay? I mean, can you imagine, imagine if Trump did even a fraction of that? So now here's what's interesting. The media is focusing on, this is important, the media is focusing on the charges, which are that Michael Sussman um, lied, right? The big charge here, I think the only indictment is just one charge, that Michael Sussman lied to federal investigators. Now, obviously, Durham, he's, what he's trying to do is he's trying to threaten others. This is not about Michael Sussman. He wants, he wants others to cooperate. He wants others to cave in and basically work with Durham against Hillary and against some of the big names because otherwise they're going to be next to be indicted. But the point is that the media is focusing on Sussman, whether whether he in fact lied, and it certainly sounds like he did, lied to the FBI and said, here, you know, I want to give you this information, this dirt about Trump, but I'm not working for anybody. Oh, it turns out he's really working for Hillary. But there's a much bigger bombshell here. That The media, they're focusing, they're trying to narrow the focus. So it's this Sussman that nobody's ever heard of. But it's really about Hillary. And I want to read you some excerpts here from Jonathan Turley, who's, yeah, a right-wing columnist, he, he, he wrote this op-ed in The Hill, and here's what it says, quote, A key witness uttered the name Hillary in conjunction with a plan to spread the false Alpha Bank Russia collusion claim before the 2016 presidential election. Let me interject over here. The Alpha Bank, when, when Hillary talked about Russia collusion, she was not ta- she, what she was talking about was one specific, and this was a very big deal at the time, was this claim that, that Trump had some kind of secret back channel. He was communicating and working with the Alpha Bank and presumably paying Russia uh, for dirt on Hillary, which again was a lie, to the Alpha Bank, had a connection to the Alpha Bank, the, the, the Russian Alpha Bank. So that was what Hillary spread. Hillary actually tweeted about this, as we'll get to in a moment, which is also pretty astonishing. So um, back to this op-ed here. They claim that Trump, you know, well, they, they claim Trump is using some secret channel to collude with the Russian Alpha Bank, as I said. So... Yet there, there was her former campaign manager, Robbie Mook, telling a jury that Clinton personally approved a plan to spread the claim of covert communications between the Trump Organization and the Russian bank. It was one of the most successful disinformation campaigns in American politics, and Mook implicated Clinton as greenlighting the gaslighting of the electorate. The mere mention of Clinton's name sent shockwaves through Washington. In past scandals, the Clintons have always evaded direct responsibility as aides were investigated or convicted. Clinton was not supposed to be the object of the Sussman trial because Judge Christopher Cooper, an Obama appointee, issued a series of orders limiting the scope of the trial and its evidence. The orders were viewed as sparing the Clinton campaign and the DNC potential embarrassment. Yet the defense that called Mook to the stand out of order in the midst of the prosecution's case because he was scheduled for a vacation. Then Mook proceeded to confirm that that Clinton herself approved of the tactics. This is stunning. I mean, it's it's just amazing. The judge is an Obama appointee. He made all sorts of rules because they they're, they're very very careful about what kind of evidence they allowed in. And certainly appears that the judge is trying to protect Hillary and, and protect the DNC. And yet here you have the first witness, the very first witness called by the defense out of order, Stephen Mook, this campaign Hillary's campaign manager. Just threw her right under the bus. And uh, this almost never happens. The Clintons are Teflon. The Clintons somehow always manage to get away. And it's always the, the uh, their subordinates that take the fall. So back to um, 
this over here. In, in July 2016, then-CIA Director John Brennan briefed President Obama on Hillary Clinton's plan to link Donald Trump to Russia as a means of distracting the public from her use of a private email. Observer Obama was told how Clinton approved a proposal from one of her foreign policy advisors to vilify Donald Trump by stirring up a scandal claiming interference by the Russian Security Service. Thus, Mook testified that Clinton did precisely what Brennan warned Obama was being planned. The date of Brennan's warning is huge. It was three days before the FBI's collusion investigation began. So I'm going to repeat that. Again, John Brennan, um, John Brennan warned back in July of 2016, CIA Director John Brennan, he told Obama that Hillary had a plan to link Donald Trump to Russia in order to distract the public from use of a public e- of a private email server. Remember, so Hillary, this whole thing was a big distraction. She literally faked dirt on Trump um, as a means of distracting the public of, of her scandal with the email server. And Obama was told about a proposal to stir up a scandal. So literally Obama was told about this. I mean, tell me Obama's not guilty of multiple crimes over here. This is amazing. Obama should be indicted. Brennan should be indicted. And the date of Brennan's briefing to Obama, this is just stunning. And this is these are facts. These are like basically proven in court. was three days before the FBI's collusion investigation began. And Hillary put it. And by the way, I want to point something else out. You, you, you may ask yourself, well, how could they do this? How could they think they'd get away? And they may get away with it, by the way. But like, how did they think this was not going to come out, not going to leak out? They literally were plotting, colluding. You have Obama. Biden was part of it. Hillary, John Brennan, James Comey, the head of the FBI. I mean, there were just so many big names who were literally conspiring. And the answer is because Hillary was a shoe in Remember, they thought for sure Trump had no chance. Hillary's for sure going to win the election. So they figured, well, we'll just sweep this whole thing under the rug. This was never supposed to come out. All this came out. Remember, Devin Nunes checked all the records. This all came out because Trump put his people in the DOJ. Not that they were so loyal to him, Jeff Sessions and Rosenstein, but they were loyal enough that they actually you know, were able to discover a lot of this stuff. It's because Trump was in charge of the DOJ. And then, of course, A.G. Barr took over. But Hillary figured, listen, I'm going to win, and then we're going to bury all this stuff. We would still never know about any of this stuff if Hillary had indeed won. So just think about that. Meanwhile, Hillary actually put out a tweet. Hillary put out a tweet in October of 2020, right before the election, quote, Computer scientists have apparently uncovered a covert server linking the Trump organization to a Russia-based bank. So Hillary literally, she put out a, she put out a tweet back in 2016, right? But this is supposed to be a big October surprise to hurt Trump, which is, quote, computer scientists, th- this, this tweet is still up there. Hillary Clinton, computer scientists have apparently uncovered a covert server linking the Trump organization to a Russian-based bank. It wasn't, it wasn't computer scientists. They didn't uncover anything. It was Hillary. It was Hillary's law firm and this Christopher Steele, who they paid, who, who, um, who, who was, who was a, uh, a, a corrupt former spy, a former intelligence official, and uh, he literally made it up, and Hillary made this up, and then she tweeted it out as though it was news, and here's another bombshell. Hillary, when she tweeted out that that, that tweet saying that the, there's this covert server linking Trump and Russia, that tweet actually has a quote from a a paper written by Jake Sullivan. There's an article written by Jake Sullivan. Now, who's Jake Sullivan? Jake Sullivan was Hillary's campaign advisor, but Jake Sullivan right now is a top Biden official. He's Biden's national security advisor. So here's what Jake Sullivan, literally Hillary, you can't make it up. If I told you this was fiction, if I made it up as a spy novel, you would tell me this this is totally unrealistic. Nobody's ever going to believe this, that, 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 that the current national security advisor under Biden 
was Hillary's campaign advisor, and Hillary literally makes up dirt on Trump, fake dirt, to try to distract from her own scandal and to try to sabotage Trump's campaign, and tweets it out, and she's tweeting out literally this article written by Jake Sullivan, and Jake Sullivan is now Biden's national security advisor. Well, here's what Sullivan wrote at the time. He he reiterated, he repeated this drivel, this garbage, this 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 fake, phony hoax about Trump, this narrative. Quote, this could be the most direct link yet between Donald Trump and Moscow. Computer scientists have uncovered a covert server linking the Trump organization to a Russia-based bank. Sullivan said he could only assume federal authorities will now explore this direct connection between Trump and Russia as part of their existing probe into Russia's meddling in our elections. Yeah, they're going to, you're right. He's not assuming that federal authorities will explore this connection. He told them to. The Hillary people told them to because they made it up and then they brought it to the FBI. And then Sussman says, oh, yeah, well, I'm just doing this as an honorable citizen. I'm just trying to be a good Samaritan, but I'm not working for anybody. And it turns out Hillary's the one feeding them the dirt. And Hillary's telling them, hey, wink, wink, spy on Trump. Spy on him with what basis? Well, because he was involved in, in the Russian disinformation campaign. So literally, by the way, Washington Post headline today, Monday. Quote, again, there is no evidence that Hillary Clinton triggered the Russia probe. Do you believe it? This is so, so, so egregious, so disgraceful. The Wall Street Journal, to their credit, had a headline, quote, yes, Hillary did it. Their headline of an op-ed or an editorial, yes, Hillary did it. Talking about how Hillary is the, the, the person who prompted Spygate. But then you have the Washington Post literally today. I mean, these people, they have no shame. There is no evidence that Hillary Clinton triggered the Russia probe. I mean, there's endless, and then they get into some of the weeds and the nitty gritty and try to distract you from the big picture, but... There is ample evidence. There is infinite evidence that Hillary triggered the Russia probe. There is now more evidence than we've ever possibly could have wanted or needed. It's just astonishing. And um, even Elon Musk, Elon Musk says that uh, he's asking Twitter to please explain how – it's just incredible – to please explain – you know, how Hillary was able to get away with this disinformation. A, a Twitter user asked Elon Musk about this tweet. Again, Hillary put out a tweet saying, apparently, computer scientists uncovered a covert server linking Trump to Russia. So th- this this Twitter user asked Elon Musk, he said, listen, I reported this to Twitter. This is disinformation. This is a piece of disinformation that Hillary put out in 2016. Why, you know, why was she never banned? Why was she never punished? And Musk said the person's absolutely right. Here's a quote from Musk. Must said, quote, you're absolutely correct. That tweet is a Clinton campaign hoax for which their campaign lawyer is undergoing a criminal trial. Uh, it, it, it's just unbelievable. And uh, Musk linked to a BBC article, BBC and other leftist news outlets saying, quote, Michael Sussman, Clinton lawyer, lied to manipulate the FBI over Trump. All right, one bombshell after the next. Oh, wow, so much else to get to here. But I guess we'll have to wait for next time. A recording surfaced of Lindsey Graham on January 6th saying that uh, he wanted Biden to take over and lead the country. Wow, boy, what a what a mess that has turned out to be. I've got to play you that clip and Lindsey Graham explaining it. The the WHO is trying to create a pandemic treaty and the United States may be involved in this pandemic treaty with a bunch of other countries um, from the WHO. A lot of people are very concerned about that. The WHO is a corrupt, disastrous organization that Trump pulled out of and then Biden, of course, got back into and so much more. But I guess we're going to have to wait for next time because we're way over time here. That's going to do it for today. We will see you next time.